You're listening to Three Kitchens Podcast, hosted by Heather Dyer and Aaron Walker. We're on a mission to inspire home cooks like us to try new recipes and make good food. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Three Kitchens Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Erin Walker, and I am joined by Heather Dyer. Hi, Heather. Hello. When I listen back to episodes sometimes, my hellos are always so, hello. <laughs> I hear myself. <laughs> I got I to gotta figure out a new greeting, like, hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey there. Podcast goals for the year. Yeah. New greetings. Figure out how to say hello and not sound like a weirdo. <laughs> Hello, or Mrs. Doubtfire. (laughs) Exactly. The Mrs. Doubtfire hello is always entertaining and good. Uh, So we're kind of circling back on something that we did two years ago. How is that possible? I know. That is crazy. It kind of blows my mind. So I've continued to work on and develop and put my family through the trial and error on my pizza that I make at home. Oh, your poor family. I know. Through this trial and error of making pizza. (laughs) How, what a hardship. They suffer through all of the different. The problem with that though, is when they start getting too honest, like actually not appreciating Mm. the fact that they get all this beautiful homemade pizza and they're like well it could have been yeah you know more this or more that this crust was too salty i would prefer it with less salt yeah they're so spoiled they are but they provide good feedback now too even though sometimes i don't really want to hear their honesty <laughs> and i have no interest in getting feedback because oh, it's just one of those nights sometimes you all you need to do is get something to eat on the table yeah Never mind. I don't need opinions. (laughs) Okay, so I've been working on this pizza dough and playing with it, playing with some of the measurements. It's a really basic dough to make. It is flour, water. I use active dry yeast, which is the little beads you get in the jar, the traditional yeast, Mm -hmm. and salt. Amazing how tricky it can be to get it the way you like it. Yeah. um, When it's just the simple ingredients, but the way you make it will determine like the crust you have in the end. Yeah. And this is what I'm really, I think I've really figured out from spending, I don't know, I've been doing this for at least four years playing with this (laughs) recipe (laughs) Mm -hmm. is that like technique is everything. And these little things that you can do really help or change how your dough turns out at the end. And the big thing, which I think still is yet to be perfected is the cooking and having that hot oven space is challenging to say the least and so that i think still needs some time that one's not quite there yet you need a real pizza oven uh we will be trying out this building a pizza oven thing but let's be honest that's not every home cooks availability so teach me a way to make it without a pizza oven because i will not be having so i think we can do this on the barbecue or in your oven it's totally up to you so i also played around with the toppings on this and i think i hit some winners this time on what I made. So I'm excited to see what uh, Heather thinks about this. <laughs> because my opinion does count, whereas yes. the family's doesn't as much because they 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 give it too often and too freely when it's not requested. Uh, <laughs> mine exactly does count it. because I only offer it when it's requested of me. 
I really started playing with this more again because Netflix released oh. their Chef's Table Pizza Edition series. Oh, what was that, like six months ago? Mm -hmm. Anyway, I've watched it a few times. Because my family has all these fabulous ideas and opinions, my children were like, let's move to Italy and we'll open up a pizza shop and you'll be in charge of this and I'll be in charge of that and we could just make pizzas all day. And I was like, well, this sounds like the dream. Yeah. So um, you might never see me again once we follow through. <laughs> but watching them work, like spending all the time diving into this and watching people work with the dough and like seeing what people are doing and describing why they do certain things I find is really helpful for developing. Like I said, it's a simple recipe. It's not that many ingredients. What is mm -hmm. it that makes this pizza better? And so watching some of that, I've adopted some of those techniques and I've started realizing where the important parts are in how I form and shape the dough. So I would recommend if you want to make pizzas, go and watch this series on all these people making pizzas because it's just like delicious to watch. And mm -hmm. I don't know what it is about bread and <laughs> doughs, but when you make a dough and then it, it sits, it's amazing when you take it out of those bowls and it has those big, long, stretchy, beautiful strands and it smells all delicious. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, there is something very romantic in making pizza dough. <laughs> so this dough that I have finally settled on is going to be enough dough to make three large pizzas, which I think is a good amount to go for. I've never done it before, but a lot of people say they make their pizza dough and then they freeze it and take it out when they need it. Uh, you could totally do that with this if you don't want to make three, but when you're making the dough, make a batch of it. Make a good healthy amount of dough. I will just insert a little comment. Yeah. I have frozen pizza dough. Oh, excellent. And what I've found is that when you take it back out, as it thaws, it's very mushy and sweaty because the moisture in it, as it's thawing, the dough is like sticky and kind of, it's not the same dough you put in the freezer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it require in order to work with it, it requires a bit more flour, but then you're changing what you originally started with. So right. I just will put it out there that to be aware that when you take it out of the freezer, it's not gonna be quite the same as the dough that you put in the freezer. Did you thaw it in the fridge or on your countertop? So I've done it both ways and both, it's just more wet. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to suggest if it's really wet like that when you take it out mm -hmm. and then really knead it to get that moisture kind of back redispersed in the dough. I'm glad that uh, you had the experience to share on that. Mm -hmm. I'd still do it again. It's just different. That's all. All right. So all the measurements for this are going to be up on the blog on my pizza dough recipe and it'll all be by weight. I'm just using an all-purpose flour. I'm not going out and getting um, double zero flour. The protein content in our all-purpose flour here is fairly similar to that in a uh, pizza dough flour so it's only the texture that's really changing and because I want this to be something that you don't have to go to a specialty store and buy that stuff I mm -hmm. find that an all-purpose flour is working just fine so I measure out my flour into my stand mixer bowl and then I sprinkle the salt onto 
the flour and kind of mix it around so it's evenly distributed. And then in a separate cup, I measure out my water and I sprinkle my yeast on top of the water and let it sit for about 10 minutes just so that the yeast starts to dissolve and get activated. It starts to get foamy and then I stir it up really good. I pour it into my stand mixer and I let it do that first initial hard part of bringing all the dough together and getting that initial knead. You want this to be a wet sticky dough. You don't want it to be too dry or it's not going to stretch out and have the nice texture that you want it to when you hmm. when you go to eat it. So you want it hmm. to be a pretty sticky dough. And so once you've got this dough, hmm. then I grab it out. I divide it into my three balls at that point and then I knead each ball until it starts to um, really become soft and pliable and easy to move around. How long approximately? Are we talking like a couple of minutes? Or are we talking like half an hour? What are we talking? I'm gonna say like maybe 10 minutes okay. per ball. So mm -hmm. all of this I do the day before because I like to do a 24 hour ferment. Maybe it's not 24 hour, but yeah, like I liked it to sit uh, overnight. So after mm -hmm. I make my dough, I make it into my balls. And then I don't worry too much about keeping them separately or wrapped or anything like that because they're going to expand and kind of stick to one another. So I just put it back into my big mixing bowl and then seal the top and put it in my fridge. And uh, if you don't account for the amount of room your dough is going to expand, you might end up with... <laughs> overflowing dough mm. so make sure that you've got at least double the headspace above where your dough is okay it really expands a lot overnight as it ferments and then i like to take it out first thing the next day to start letting it come up to room temperature from the fridge and then i start working on my pizzas mm, a couple hours before i knead the dough again and get it flattened out into discs and then i let it sit there was a technique that I saw while watching Netflix where, trying to think of how to describe it. So you've got your disc of dough and you're gonna grab it kind of pinching on one of the edges. And then you're just gonna kind of like fold that dough over your knuckles as you like rotate the disc to kind of stretch it out, but not too fast and too much at a time. And it's just kind of like the dough sits on top of your knuckles and you just kind of mm. pass it one under the other as it rotates through oh. the disc of dough. It's kind of a tough thing to, but you're essentially just trying to stretch the dough without rolling it or pulling on it. You're just kind of using the weight of the dough to stretch itself. And you can kind of feel when, when it's easier to stretch and when it's harder to stretch and it kind of helps you feel where the dough's at. Oh, interesting. I was doing the spin the dough over your head method. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I didn't find that that may, I found it got too thin in the center and too much dough on the edges. Mm -hmm. So that was, I, I've decided that's no good. This kind of, I think, does the same sort of thing where you're sort of passing this dough around, allowing it to stretch out. And then I sprinkle flour down on my counter and I'm just kind of rolling it out into a disc. Mm -hmm. I've got this on video, so hopefully that Ooh, helps. Good. And we'll see what we can do to show that. But play with your dough. You know, you'll kind of know, ooh, if I pull this any harder, I can feel the tension. I can feel that my dough is going to snap or break or there's going to be a hole because my thumb's going to go through it or mm -hmm. that sort of thing so you just kind of have to play with it which is something you love which i kind of love and <laughs> if you like that you might like this too <laughs> set it off to the side under a damp tea towel 
just to keep the moisture in there. And I just kind of keep them sitting there and letting them rest because each time you work with it, you want to let it rest again. Okay. And once I had it rolled out into my, the final thing, I, I put it on, oh, this is where I made a mistake, but you put it on parchment paper mm -hmm. and then just let it rest before you put your toppings on. And you can just kind of stack them up. Oh, okay. Parchment paper, a little bit of flour in between each layer and just let them rest again under that damp tea towel because... I think that's really important for making your bread that bite through that you want when you take a hmm. bite. Okay, so I saw somewhere that you could use wax paper in substitute for parchment. Hmm. Don't ever do that. <laughs> wax paper is a strange thing to me. Every time I think, oh yeah, I think wax paper is the thing to use here because it won't stick. It fucking sticks everything yep. i don't understand what wax paper is actually good for i've had the same wax paper in my drawer for oh, years because i never use it because I, it always messes something up yeah that's so funny <laughs> do not use wax paper for making your pizza on it sticks <laughs> quite intensely i don't know if you had wax paper on the bottom of your pieces that i sent to you but if i did i ate it and didn't notice <laughs> you would have noticed it don't worry i think i got it all peeled off on the stuff <laughs> i sent to you but like super frustrating don't ever go down that road just use parchment got it <laughs> you mix your ingredients you knead it it sits overnight you take it out in the morning you knead each piece you let it sit lots of resting in between and then make your pizza and this is where you get to have like even more fun if you've already had fun playing with your dough now you get to invent the toppings you want mm -hmm. so let's come back and find out what kind of pizza i made yes please okay let's do that <laughs> hey listeners thank you so much for clicking play on this episode if you are loving our discussion around making pizza dough you might also enjoy our previous episode where i make focaccia they are both a yeast dough that you get to customize with your favorite toppings and flavors Check out You Got a Focaccia from Season 1 and find all of our recipes and episodes at www.3kitchenspodcast.com. Leave us a comment telling us what your favorite pizza toppings are. All right, so with my three different pizzas that I made, I'm sorry you only got two of them. I was just about to say, hang on a second. Hold it. Um, three? I made a ham and pineapple because that's what my kids love and eat all the time. I don't love it. <laughs> yeah, I know you're not the hammy fan, so I was like... I also don't like pineapple on pizza. I know it's a contentious thing. Wow. It's not the worst. I don't hate it. <laughs> I like it better than the ham that's on the <laughs> It's not my first choice. So I made it first, and I would say it was my least favorite of my pizzas. Oh. I would say it was like the Goldilocks of pizza oh. when I made these, because one of them, it was too hot. <laughs> one of them... The barbecue was too cool. Oh, and the no. third one was just right. <laughs> <laughs> and was it in that order? Like you started too hot and then you yep. turned it down too much and then you got it right? Okay. It's exactly how it worked out. <laughs> <laughs> it's real. It can be really difficult to manage the heat in yes. a barbecue. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of trouble with that on mine. And also with depending on the external temperature, how windy it might be. It's 
really difficult. Yep. Those would be all the factors that contributed to yep. me not getting my barbecue temperature right. And I think in general, cooking pizzas on the barbecue is probably a little bit harder. You could easily do this in your oven, maintain your temperature a lot better. You want that direct heat on top of your pizza, which is the hardest part mm -hmm. of, of doing this when you're not in a pizza oven, because the bottom is cooking because the stone or the surface in your pizza oven is hot, but then the toppings are getting cooked because you've got that fire that's coming around and directing heat right on top. Yeah. And so I have a pizza stone that I cook on, which is one of those. I was thinking it's kind of like terracotta, but not terracotta. Yeah, I know. That's where I'm thinking too. I have one too, and I don't know what you call it, what it's made of. It's not ceramic. It's clay, I guess. I would say if you, when you do it in the oven, heat up your oven to like 525 or more and like let it really heat up because this is something we learned from Larry when we were making our sourdough is turn your oven on, let it heat up that stone really good because it takes a little bit more time to get the temperature of that stone up for cooking uh -huh. your bread that on. That makes sense. So mm -hmm. heat your oven up to like 525 or 550 and then you can turn it down I would say to about 500 and then you can cook your pizza on top of that stone. Let's just keep with oven because honestly I think the barbecue <laughs> thing is still such a... It's so variable. It's more complicated so let's just go with the oven. Open and close your oven as little as possible when you're doing mm -hmm. this. Once you know that the bottom of your pizza is done, if your toppings don't look like they've got enough going on, turn on your broiler and let it melt and do that yeah. sizzly bubbly cooking. I mean, I will just say that whenever I've made pizza, the toppings don't really need to be cooked so much as melted all together and warmed up. Like it's not like yes. you're putting raw meat. That's true. On That's top true. of the pizza, right? Most of the time, whatever you've got on there, yeah, is just needs to be warmed up and melted with all the cheese. And as long as your crust is done and your cheese is melted, you should be good yeah. to go. And it's getting that cheese to that sort of what I would consider optimal condition, because if it's just kind of melty, it's gross. You want it to have a chance to sort of bubble and blister and get brown. kind of greasy and yeah <laughs> that sounds terrible but you want that kind yeah, of you want that that's to why you think of in greasy pizza it's that cheese the oil from the cheese starts coming out and yeah that's important anyway so ham and pineapple with some cheese on it kids like it good enough tomato sauce tomato sauce i yes. just use honestly canned tomato sauce i don't even buy pizza sauce for it i just put a couple scoops of tomato sauce olive oil and i just paint it around with a brush mm -hmm. and then lay your ham and your pineapple on sprinkle it with cheese you don't want too much cheese or it won't melt evenly and you yeah. don't want too little cheese or it won't um, have enough grease to hold everything together yeah if you're comfortable with spending the money on olive oil these days Holy crap, has that gone up in price? Oh, like everything else. If you're not using a ton of cheese, a good thing to do is just sprinkle, you know, a quick whoop of olive oil over top mm -hmm. on the top of the pizza to get that. You want that greasy also stuff tastes going good. on. So the second pizza that I made, which the barbecue was too cool on, <laughs> was a chimichurri brisket and fresh tomato pizza with borsin cheese and a little bit of mozzarella on top. Mm. Are you waiting for me to... <laughs> Oh, okay. I am requesting your opinion. I, okay. I have kind of fallen down on my job here because I did not take notes. I should have taken notes and like, okay, what's on this It was this like pizza? yesterday. I know, but I just, 
I didn't like note what well, I couldn't have told you which one had the Boursin, even though I saw on your videos or photo or something on the drive. I saw oh, okay. it. I was like, oh, where was that? <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. They were I, I, I don't even know how to talk about one individually because they were both so okay. good. And I ate them on different days because I warmed one up and it was quite filling. And so then I was like the next day for breakfast, I had the other piece. Both I thought were super delicious. And I love the crust had like some big air bubbles in it. Yeah. Which I really like because then the top is like super crispy. It's like you're going through a crunch into that air bubble. I yeah. love that. Mm -hmm. I think you almost have to have that when you're having a pizza. I did find the brisket as a topping. Yeah. Kept falling off. Like you would okay. like stay on the pizza. It was like, ah, I got brisket all over the place because I, I'm like uh... eating it by my hand. Yeah, yeah. You know, of course, I'm holding my pizza and the brisket's falling off on like the counter. And oh. I'm like, oh, I just felt like it didn't hold together as well as some toppings really get stuck to the cheese. Yes. I felt like the brisket didn't really. This was the tomato one. Yeah. Like where it was chunks of brisket. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I may have not thought through how I put everything on there. So my recommendation in the future, if somebody wants to take this on, is that chimichurri sauce on the bottom was a great substitute for tomato sauce because I didn't mm -hmm. want a tomato sauce on there. I wanted this to be different. So I put uh, the chimichurri on there. I think the brisket and then the cheese should have gone on and then the tomatoes should have sat on top. And I think I should have done not as many tomatoes and thinner slices. Those would be all of my critiques of this pizza because at this point I have spent so much time on this dough and thinking and <laughs> by the time I got to the topping, I was just like putting it together and not maybe thinking it through as much. Well, that's how most people make pizza. You just put the toppings on and put cheese on last. Although I do like, <laughs> yes. if you're going to do tomatoes, I like a fresh sliced tomato on at the end. When you pull it out of the oven, put your fresh tomatoes on top. So they still get warm, and but they haven't been in the oven. Yeah, I think that would be a better way. Yeah. So I would say overall decent flavors, mm -hmm. but maybe a little bit different. Again, it's all about how you put it together. God, pizza, you're <laughs> killing me. <laughs> All right. In the best way. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so the final pizza I made also had brisket chopped up on it. I made a horseradish sauce that I put on the bottom. Mm. Then I put brisket on that. And then I sliced up pickles, dill pickles, <gasps> oh, yeah. and popped it in there. And then I sprinkled all of that with a fine breadcrumb and then cheese and then another sprinkle of breadcrumbs on top. This one was so interesting. So I was right when I said the brisket was falling off. It was the first one you were talking about. Okay. This one with the pickles, it all held together a little more, but I was like, at first I started eating, I'm like, what is going on here? Are there pickles on this pizza? <laughs> yes. Such a wonderful surprise. Like oh, really, good. like just that hit of like vinegar in there. I don't know. I loved it with the brisket with the pickle just was like, I love that. I so think good. I could have put more of the horse. Again, I want to call it horseradish. <laughs> horseradish. Horse. I did not identify that there was horseradish in there. I'm going to call it a horseradish aioli because mm. it had mayonnaise, sour cream, horseradish, some hot sauce. 
It's kind of like the uh, chicken, the Alabama white sauce, mm. chicken dip sauce, but a little bit different. I was trying to create like a brisket sandwich on a pizza. Mm. And so I also had my fresh sourdough bread that I've been cutting and leaving in my freezer. And so I just whipped up those breadcrumbs and sprinkled those on because I thought I want that flavor in there too. That was interesting. And this was the best crust because this was the bite through. This mm -hmm. got the right texture. This one was the Goldilocks pizza. Because it had the right temperature. <laughs> yeah, I think this is where I finally got that temperature perfected. Mm. This was my favorite. I'm glad to, okay. <laughs> I'm glad you said it was the one that you thought Yay! was the best because I thought it was the best. Yeah. Yeah, that crust was like perfect. I was like confused about the breadcrumbs. I'm like, does it seem like there's breadcrumbs on this pizza? <laughs> What's that about? But I'm all for like trying, you know, trying new stuff. So I don't know that it was like make or break. I think the pickles really yeah. made that pizza. I don't know if the breadcrumbs were necessary. Right. But I, I mean, no complaints. Make that pizza for me anytime. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I think making pizza at home is not simple. We definitely heard that when Sarah made this a few years back and all the complications with it. I definitely know I have spent so much time doing this and yet every time it kind of feels like, is this the right texture? Is this the right temperature? I mean, that's the hardest part of this. And this is where you really kind of just have to keep finessing it. And I'm sure it's different every time you make it. Well, it's not going to be perfect every time. No, just depending on so many variables. There's so many little variables. So I appreciate a good pizza when I go out. This is not what I would call a thin crust pizza. So if you're, no. you know, there's different types of pizza. And if you like a, either a deep dish or a thin crust, mm -hmm. it's not that. This is in between, I would kind of say. Yeah. Right? And yeah. I think you can go and find different recipes that will have different sort of things going on to make your crust thinner or thicker or... Mm -hmm how you like. Yeah. So the one that Sarah made for us a couple of years ago, it was a thin crust. Yeah. If I'm remembering right, it was quite thin and she, she rolled it out thin and shaped it into mm -hmm. these beautiful, they look like a fan, but it was a thin crust pizza she was going for. And if you're wondering, what are we talking about? Who is Sarah? If you're new here, <laughs> welcome. But also <laughs> when we started the podcast, Two, over two years ago, we had a third host, our That's friend, right. Sarah. And so if you listen to early episodes, she made a third of the recipes for the podcast and she made pizza for us. Um, so it's a completely different type of pizza in that episode. But mm -hmm. if you're curious, go back and listen to that episode as well. And having been the third person who got to eat both, <laughs> I'm here to tell you they're both delicious. Thin yeah. crust. A little bit thicker crust. Now who's making deep dish? <laughs> not, not Sounds me. like it's your turn. <laughs> no, you no. just voted yourself in. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fun thing to play around with. I would say if you want to take on a project, it's almost like making sourdough. You really have to take notes and pay attention and just it's all about repetition and doing it again and again so that you develop a technique and you have a sense of what's going on. And I have been doing this on and off for so many years. I feel like none of those things apply to me, but I produce a decent pizza that people tend to eat. And if I get the temperature right, <laughs> tend to eat. Oh my God. <laughs> 
And it's fun to play around with toppings. I do something different all the time. Mm -hmm. You make a delicious. Well, thank you, Heather. Yummy. Everybody go make pizza. Go play around and try pizza. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, there's never been a pizza that I've totally hated unless I've burnt the shit out of it. So just don't do that and you'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. <laughs> go forth and make pizza. And now for the fine print. Join us over on the socials, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and on our website, freekitchenspodcast.com. Remember, when you like, follow, subscribe, and review, it helps more people find us. Thank you so much for listening. Put some olives on it next time for me. Black olives are my favorite.